Welcome to the DMF. I am your host, Justin Yance. And today, my special guest is Suzanne Covey. She is a creative intuitive. She is an actress. She is a writer and a motivational speaker. Her name is Suzanne Covey. And enjoy. Okay, I have a special guest with me today. I have creative, intuitive creator and actress, Suzanne Covey. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. How are you doing? I am doing well, I'm doing well. So the first thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, so you went to uh, Florida Atlantic University and you uh, got a BFA in theater. What type of theater did you, did you perform in? A straight plays. I'm not musical. So there's, okay. there's musicals, there's straight plays. Um, I am not a triple threat. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm what you would consider an actress who can sing and move, mm. but I'm not a singer dancer who can act. So okay. uh, yeah, so I didn't do musical theater. I, uh, I just, if I was in musical theater, I was usually somewhere in the back. <laughs> so you, so did you, um, did you do Shakespeare there? Um, I did. I love Shakespeare. Yeah. I've done yeah. a few Shakespeare plays. Um, I did my biggest one was as you like it. And I played the lead in that, which I didn't know at the time was actually the largest speaking role ever written in literature. So um, that was amazing. I was in my thirties and I was cast as a 14 year old. So that was quite a stretch. And the woman who directed it is with the Royal Shakespeare company. Oh, wow. and, uh, yes. and she played Rosalind when she was young and she's a Broadway actress. So it was really a real huge treat to be able to play that role and be directed by somebody who is from that genre. So yeah, yeah it was amazing. What, what, what do you think are some of the skills you learned from going to school there? The skills I learned from going to school there or would it be maybe the skills I learned from taking theater as a because the skills from going to school there, that's, that's you know, um, I learned- Yeah, what did, what did you take? I learned how to show up for class. Because um, <laughs> it, was, it was my second go around of college because I went right after high school and then I took a long sabbatical, went back in my thirties. Mm. Um, so I would say the biggest, the biggest skill that I learned getting my theater degree was to really embrace my own unique voice. That's where- and I don't think I could have really gotten there in my teens, like right out of high school, when you're still in, in such a um, easily influenced age. And in my 30s, being the oldest one that I knew of in the department, um, I came with wisdom. And so it was mm. much, much easier to get through the program. I was more myself. I was able to choose for myself. I didn't have to follow the pack or anything like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot easier second time around than it was the first time. Have you always been drawn to theater? I've been performing since I was three. Wow. Yeah. So I can tell you that's about 33 years ago. <laughs> no, that was, wow. uh, no, three would make, it, it's a long time ago, 52 years ago, 53 years ago. Mm. Yeah, I'll be 56 years old next month. So um I don't care about time my age, it doesn't matter. So yeah, so I started performing when I was three, uh, dance, ballet, the typical, you know, let's put her in a program. And then I did uh, 
figure skating. So I did a lot of concerts. And then I started to do skits. I started to write my own skits. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I started to write my own skits. And then I would bring in the neighborhood kids into my little uh, foray of creativity. And, uh, and they would each get assigned characters and we would perform them for the neighborhood. And then, um, then I went into modeling and then eventually mm. theater came back into my life in high school. Yeah, in my junior year in high school is when I started back in again. Interesting. And then I just kind of stayed with it. Kind of like, it kind of just wove in and out of my life. Was there something that inspired you with, um, with, with, with theater or getting into it at such a young age? Or was it just playing make-believe? Or... Um, <laughs> it might have something to do with being the middle child <laughs> and you know, wanting to be noticed and not forgotten. And, uh, but I came from a family of dancers. My mom and my dad were competitive swing dancers. We grew up in a dancing family and I've always been a very free spirited child and did my own thing and never caused my problem, my parents any trouble. I was like the easiest one in the bunch. They'll tell you that too. I'm not just making that up. And um, I'm just always creative, creative, mm. loved story, storytelling. So there wasn't anything that made me say, go do theater. It was, you know, it was just something I was supposed to do. And, and it got me attention. So that was probably a big part of why I continued to do it so that I didn't kind of feel like I'm blending in with everybody. Yeah. So it was a, so a form of expression. That's oh, cool. definitely. Definitely. We moved a lot. I moved from, from Montreal to Maine to Ohio all through high school. And so by the time I got to my last high school, I was my junior year. And um, interesting enough, very much, being very much of an introvert, which mm -hmm. a lot of artists are, very much of introverts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And theater gave me an opportunity to be an extrovert without being myself. So it's a very safe place. For me, theater yeah. and acting is a very safe place to be vulnerable. And, um, and then you get accepted, but it's, you're not being accepted for who you are. You're being accepted for your talents. So mm. yeah, it, there's a bit of a conundrum there. Since you mentioned Canada, mm -hmm. do, do you find coming from Canada to, to the United States, is, did that give you a different perspective on, uh, on acting or theater? Hmm. Wasn't really into it at that time. Hmm. No, I, I think I was really- in So young. Yeah, I was really, at that moment in my life, I was in the emotional survival. Hmm. Uh, I, I left childhood friends uh, in my, well, in, in Canada, we don't have junior, senior. So I left them be going into my 10th grade. So it was a very emotionally difficult time. And so, no, I didn't do any theater. I didn't plug into any things at school. I went from a, a busy French city to Portland, Maine. Yeah. Uh, I, did not, I didn't know what the word preppy meant until someone said, here, wear a pair of green chinos and a pink <laughs> shirt with a bow. And I was like, what is that? And um, sure. yeah, there was a bit of a culture shock. So that, and it was an 11 month window between Canada then there was Maine, and then there was Ohio. And Ohio was the last, I uh, stayed there for eight years until I met my husband. Wow. So it was when I got to Ohio that I felt a little bit more, uh, I think I, I, I would call Portland was kind of that transition 
kind of get you out of the culture shock. And then, uh, and then when we moved to Ohio, that's when I started to do theater. And I don't really know what made me want to do that at the time. Mm. All I know is that there was a play going on and, oh, I know what it was. <laughs> In one of my classes, we, we had to do a skit and we had to present it on stage. We had a big theater in the school. And um, I was given the narrator for the play. So I had to sit on stage with a guitar. I don't play guitar. Um, sit on stage with a guitar. And then I had to, I had the script that carried the entire show. Mm. I forgot every line. Oh no. Every line. So I had lived the entire play. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, yeah. I'll was never, it coherent? <laughs> I, I will never forget it. And, uh, and it turned out great, it, yeah. you know, cause I was narrating. So they had their part, they knew what they needed to do. And I was the bridge between everything. And I did not know any of my lines. And, um, but you knew where the story needed to go. So but that's I knew good. exactly. Yeah. So and it wasn't I like you were just standing up there and be like, Hey, what's uh, the weather tonight? <laughs> yeah. <sir?" laughs> Uh, which I drank coffee at this age because I would have yeah. one right about now. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's I think funny. that's that's where I got my first glimpse of my ability to tell stories and my ability yeah. to have the extemporaneous speaking. And so the next play I did, they wanted an eccentric woman and she had to sit in the audience. And there was these characters that would pop up during the play and they would deliver their lines. It was kind of like they were audience members that interacted with the actors on stage, but yet they were the actors in the audience, right? Mm, so it's like breaking yeah. that fourth wall. So I was cast as the, the eccentric woman in the audience. I did not memorize one line. <laughs> <laughs> so if any of your listeners are out there and are interested in hiring me as an actress, I promise you, I do memorize yes. lines. She knows um, her lines. This, this is the, yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. Um, but I kept my script next to me on my lap. And so, oh, there's my line. I'd pop up and I'd say it. So it was yeah. funny. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, that's when I fell in love with it. I was like, oh, this is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of the risk taking aspect of it. I think I think you kind of got into as well, because it was like, you're just like, oh, I'm on stage and I don't know any lines. I can't quit. I've got to just keep going through this yeah I, I didn't have any friends anyway so I had nothing to lose there you go, there you go. <laughs> I made friends interesting that, <laughs> that, that that's interesting um so you kind of left acting a while and then you kind of came back to it like kind of in the net last couple of years I, I gather you can correct me if I'm right or no, wrong right. um what what led you back to acting hmm what led me back to acting was a broken back. Yeah, yeah, I have lots of stories. So I left acting um, because at, that, at the time I was already speaking to women's groups and I had already published my book and I was working with helping women and I was really focusing on empowering women. And I was hosting a TV show for CNBC or Oxygen, excuse me, at the time. And then they uh, switched out the hosts. So that's when I said, okay, I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm focusing just on coaching women. So I stepped away. Uh, mm -hmm. And then that's when I built my whole speaking business and my coaching and all that. And then after that, I was trans transitioned into a different business. And I always say this is spirit led because when I know I'm supposed to do something, it is, I get that strong tap that says, go. 
and I just go. So I stepped away from acting um, to do the speaking. And then I stepped away from the speaking to grow an Amazon company. So I built a brand on Amazon and I built it right up to uh, a very successful brand. And then I homeschooled my son. During that transition, I started to lose myself again mm. because I gave myself up to the obligations of life and let go of the obligation I had to myself as a creative being. And I knew that my spirit was slowly dying, uh, working out of a warehouse and just packing things and doing numbers. And there was nothing creative involved at all. There was no mm. um, spiritual stimulus involved. And uh, we were remodeling our house, which I love how, how life, if you look at your life, you'll see that you're already being given the symbols for what's occurring in, in your life. It, it's, it's all around. At the time, my entire house was being renovated and my husband was traveling a lot. So it was just me and the kids. The foundation of our house was totally redone. Um, mind you, foundation, which is where we stand. It's where we plant our two feet. It's where we, it's the seat of our soul. Well, mine was being entirely redone. And during that process, I remember being out shopping for granite and um, I was done. I said, I'm, 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 I'm not doing this anymore. This, I'm, I'm burned out, I'm tired. Uh, I don't feel supported. And I called my husband, I said, I'm going to one more granite place and then I'm done looking. We pick the ones that I've given you and we're done and we're moving on. I want my life back. Um, I fell out of the warehouse and I broke my back. It was about six feet up and I went out backwards and fell straight down on my back. And I broke my sacrum, which is the larger bone that you know, is the seat of your pelvis. Yeah. Um, so I was bedridden for quite some time. And I remember laying in bed thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. And uh, a friend had reached out to me to, to check in to see how I was doing. And, and I said, I can't, I don't want to live like this. I'm, I'm dying on the inside. I'm dying. And if I keep up like this, I will lose myself. And she's like, well, what would you do? If you knew you could not fail, what would you do? I said, I get all choked up. I said, I would be an actress because that's who I am. And she said, but if you really wanted to do it, you would be doing it. And that's all I needed to hear. So um, when I was finally healed and able to move, and um, I was very afraid to let my husband know, hey, I'm going to go back into an industry that is unknown. And um, he was very supportive. And he said, well, do you think that maybe you're just, you might be too old at this point? And I said, no, I think I'm aging into it. And that's what happened. I called my agent. She's like, oh, I'm so glad you're back. And um, I got back on the, got back on the horse and worked. And that was right before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I just worked a lot through COVID. Yeah, you did. That's, that's yeah. the thing I noticed from doing the research is that yeah. you, you, it wasn't like yours just stopped. You were continually going through COVID, yep. which yep. is COVID, I did great. not slow down. My life did not slow down. Our life didn't. We yeah. didn't. Yeah, we didn't stop. We didn't slow down. We just kept living and trusting. Do you think that? Do you think that was an intention on your part that you're like, I'm not going to let this? It felt like everything did shut down for a lot for a lot of places, but it yeah. seemed like you had the intention to be like, 
no, that's what they can do, but I'm going to, we're going to move forward and as a family. I mm -hmm. think that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm gathering. And I think that's. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that my husband and I come from, uh, I don't know, maybe we're not the norm and maybe we are, I don't know, but we're not the kind of people that say, what does the masses want me to do? What does the news want me to do? Which forget that. Uh, you know, what does the what do the masses what are the masses doing? Well, then we need to do that. And my husband and I are zigzaggers. We're like, oh yeah, no, that doesn't feel right. And I am a very, very strong intuitive. And I have found that as I started to go back and really nurture the essence of who I am, my intuitive abilities got stronger and stronger. So I knew through COVID that we were fine. Uh, we, you know, we did the safe thing, but I also knew that when projects came to me, they were meant for me. And so therefore I'm it, it's, I am present and it is present. Therefore it's a symbiotic relationship. And so that's why I worked. Um, it was kind of like everything that came to me ended up booking. And so, um, yeah. And then, and it's, it, but it's, it's cyclical. You know, yeah. we, we go through times in our life where it's like, oh my God, so much abundance, right? Yeah. And we're, we're on this high, like, oh, like, oh, I just get goosebumps. Oh my God, I'm just like, there's so much abundance. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then it goes, <laughs> right? I mean, that, that happened to me with, with COVID. I used that as a time to just kind of rebuild myself. Because yeah. I was like, I was like, I was in New York and I felt like mm. I'm not, happy here there's something here and i just started reading books and you know taking classes and i started you know kind of rebuilding myself you know using a lot of the methods that you talk about in the book mm -hmm. i i pretty much used except for i kind of kept it secretive i didn't really tell anybody about it till i started to start seeing it because it's like once you start you start seeing it in other aspects mm -hmm. so for you covid was a push for me, it was like, you need to stop and figure out who you are mm -hmm. and not, and yeah. Uh, you, know. you have to, you know, then, and, and you'll know when those times in your life come, I've, I've been doing that dig in deep work yeah. for a really long time, really long time. So, and I've done all the healing modalities you can think of and um, meditating and writing and journaling. And I do oils, I do crystals, I do spiritual guided work. I do, um, there's so much that I do for me. And now it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm given so many gifts now to be able to do it for other people. And, um, it's, it's being in that surrender. So there is a bit of a phase, like I was going through recently where it's kind of just, Oh my God, everything got really quiet <laughs> where I was always working and busy and being called. Now it's like, it's quiet. And how, when you're somebody who lives in a stimulus world, we live in a stimulus world. We are overstimulated um, with everything that's made available to us. That can take you out of, yes, our phones. That can take you out of your knowing. For me, it can, because I'm so yeah. easily influenced and I can absorb other people's energies easily and go, oh, is that mine? Well, wait a minute, that's not mine. So for me, when things get really quiet, kind of like they are right now, I, I look to the stars. Uh, I definitely dig into astrology. I'm a human design person too. Mm. And I 
love to intellectualize and conceptualize what I already know spiritually. I like to, to marry the two together for myself. It works for me. So in the moments of life, when it gets quiet, it's such an amazing place. It, it isn't about it's not working. It, it's that pause, which is what my second book is about that I never ended up publishing and maybe I will. And it's about how you can gain, catch your breath in the pause. If we lived our lives in that high vibration all the time, we would burn out. Absolutely. So it ha we have to have the silent moments and they last as long as they need to last. What you do in those moments will define what you create in the future. Because you have to remember that you are not your past self, you are not your future self. You are the moment self, that's it. Mm. But you can create. Your future self already knows what it is that you need to do. And so that means you know. And then when you can align your present self with your future self, then it makes the, the ability to make choices um, easier and mm. uh, less, less angst attached to them. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I think as you can scroll on this, you can forget that you're even breathing anymore. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It becomes shallow breathing. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I don't think a lot of people realize is it's like you, you got to get away from this at times. You can't just rely on the phone to do everything. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's why I like about the Kindle is, I mean, it's books, but like, that's all you really can do with the Kindle is, is read on it you know you yeah. can't scroll anything with with the phone if you're reading on the phone you'll there's all these other temptations instagram just say oh what's the next thing just keep scrolling keep scrolling keep, yep. scrolling keep scrolling keep scrolling and right. it's like an hour goes by and it's designed to make you think like you're doing something mm -hmm. even though you're not it's just right. you're just going down and maybe you need that at the time but i think a lot of people get trapped and just mindless scrolling. And I think the danger too, too, is I'm guilty of it also. And, and, and being an actress, it's like, oh, you need to build your Instagram. I'm like, oh, yeah. I gotta be on there more. And yeah. <laughs> like, discipline comes in then there where you gotta be like, okay, I gotta get in and then gotta get out. <laughs> get in, get out, have a plan, right? Which is great. So in this quiet time that anybody might be experiencing, this is a great time to not even make a plan especially now with the way the energies are. We just had a full moon in Capricorn and we're still in the energy of it. This is a great, great time to ground into what you're letting go and what you're manifesting going forward. It isn't necessarily a time to, to write and draw out the plan, but it's mm -hmm. the time to ground into yourself. Where am I heading and why? Because that's really, yeah. I think that's really important. Like, why do I want to be an actor? Well, yeah. why it's, it's selfish. It's self-consuming. It's all, you know, oh, it's, it's shallow, whatever those terminologies might be. Um, for me, I, I almost needed that time to go, why, why yeah. am, am I being called to do this? And then when I got it, I went, okay, I can do that. So, but, yeah. but you gotta be okay with, with, whatever that why is to show up in uh, many ways, like what we're doing right now is a part of my why. Yeah. It just, it's not acting, but it's still a part of my why. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right, transitioning a little bit here. So we could talk about this all day because I, I love this. Um, tell me, is, uh, tell me about the preparation for Conspiracy America when you did that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So interesting. The the uh, gentleman Johnston Blakely, he's a private investigator, and mm. when he originally wrote the first episode, where it's just me and the computer, he wrote that to be a he has an Udemy course you know, Udemy, the online educational platform. Mm -hmm. And he, yeah. he builds videos to teach other PIs what you should and shouldn't do when you're out investigating. And, and he's a, a film enthusiast. He's, he's self-taught. He's brilliant for being self-taught, isn't he? Oof, yeah. yeah. So yeah. talented. So talented. And so when he got my name, well, he saw me acting in a play. So he knew that I had the chops. And then another friend of mine said to her, him, oh, you need to hire Suzanne for this. So I auditioned, he booked me as, the, as that lead character. So the preparation part, it was only meant to be one small six minute video. Oh. That was it. And as we started working on the character, I was like, ooh, what about this? Ooh, and what if we had her do that? And, what if she was like a drinker and a smoker because she's raspy, you know, and she's been, uh, she's out there and she's, you know, she's rough around the edges and she's lost her life and whatever. He's like, oh, I love that. So we, we developed the character and gave her more of that substance. And then when we were in the midst of filming, we started talking about, oh, it'd be great if this happened and great if that happened. Well, then he ended up writing three episodes and brought in other characters and, um, mm he's he's probably gonna do more because i've already told him i said oh my god you could yeah, do you should do more oh yeah 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 i'm gonna convince him to do more because jackie yeah. has so much more stuff she needs to discover and um yeah so it, it was so the, the preparation was kind of one of those create as you go very much like what i said about just being yeah. on stage and saying hmm what do i want to say and and that to me that's my creative gift is just i get these massive inspired yeah. thoughts and i run with them so that's how we did conspiracy theory really that's mm -hmm. interesting so it started off as a six minute video and it expanded mm -hmm. to three episodes. yeah and there were actually oh. a lot of a lot of scenes that were improvised in that in that film i i felt i felt that i was wondering about that yeah yeah wow that's cool um tears of guilt is another interesting film tell me a little bit about that <laughs> that's another really interesting so, um so many interesting stories and thank you for for inviting me to talk about them because they're pretty cool yeah. so that one sunday afternoon bored i had nothing going on it was last summer and i was like oh i just want to be acting in something what am i gonna do and uh and then I call them my guides because that's what they do. They go, go to Facebook. I was like, really? Okay. So I went to Facebook and go to this page. I was like, I don't even know what page that is, but I'll type it in. I just heard these words. I typed it in a search. This page opened up and I went, oh, this is a local, this is like a looking for actors page in Florida. I went, oh, okay, like. And then as soon as I liked it and got on the page, there was looking for an actor, um, 30 something black male who is in prison for murdering, on death row for murdering a black boy. And I went, hmm, I can play that role. 
I'm a 30, <laughs> I'm a 30 something year old black male. And uh, so I reached out to him and I said, um, hey, I know you're looking for a 30 something black male, but it would be far more interesting if you had an everyday looking white woman be the one in prison because the other choice you're making is typical. Wow. And that's, not that's great that you that you're that you're willing to go and, and say and he that. goes uh do you have a demo and i said sure popped it into facebook and he said you're booked i'm rewriting the script and i went cool he goes can you film next weekend i went sure <laughs> so we filmed it within a couple of hours and um within the next two weeks we won an award with the Cannes film festival yeah wow. yeah and there's a whole chunk of the film that he didn't even um, put in, which would have been really important because it told a big chunk of the story. But that's another one that I told him, I said, you have a whole network series on this, like a Netflix series. And I told yeah. him the storyline and how it would map out and how it could unfold. And so now he's thinking, I might have to build this out to a feature or at least to a series, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was fun. that's awesome. That's so cool that you just had the impulse to go with Facebook and that led you there and you just continued. And I think we're seeing a pattern here is just continuing to go with your gut feeling, your yeah. the, impulse, the impulse, which a lot of people go, oh, no, no, I don't want to do that. You're like, no, 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 go with that. And that's what happens a lot for me in meditation. I'll just wake up and be like, okay, you need to do this now, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I love that. I love that you. What's interesting though is, and as I'm studying something that's called human design and really understanding how, and I would encourage you to research it. It's yeah. phenomenal. And, and, uh, and it's one of those things that when you go in and you, you know how you're wired, then you know how you respond to life. And when you learn how to effectively respond to life according to how you are made, then it makes the decision-making process easier. For me, I'm what's called a sacral authority. So I have to respond through my gut instinct what, by an impulse. Impulse comes, gut instinct says, yeah. yeah. And my other one says, no, 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 no. So the mind can really trip you up, but it's yeah. important to know how you receive your information. And the mind is, is the one area that we do not and cannot make decisions from. Yeah. Subconsciously, I mean, yep. a lot of it's coming. That, that's why they say impress what you kind of want before you go to bed, mm -hmm. so that you're that's the last image you're seeing, and yeah. then reproduce it again once you get up. Mm -hmm. I suppose you're just going to the phone and you know, scrolling mindlessly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and which, then yeah, yeah, which we're guilty, a lot of people's guilty of too, and, and your emotional aspect as well. So, I have to even yeah. try to pull that out of it. Yeah. Um, because I really have, I know I really have to go by gut instinct. And, um, yeah. the more I trust that, the more fine tuned my life has become and, and much more peaceful. Now, now you said the human design, is this a book? No, it is. Um, and I'm still new into it meaning I've only been working and researching and working for the past few years. And, and that's still really new in that yeah. world. Um, it, it, it was a downloaded system given to a gentleman by the name of Ra. And it was downloaded to him. And he wrote these amazing, amazing books that people now over, I think it was in 80, 
82 or 84, maybe, I think is when it was downloaded to him. And um, there's a whole world out there of it to, to understand it and embrace. And it has a lot to do with, it's all mathematical. It's numbers, it's mathematical. Uh, it is connected to um, the cosmos in terms of the energies of the planets. However, it's not astrology. It kind of combines, um, I wish I could articulate it better than that. Um, I just encourage you to look at it because once I studied myself more, I was able to really let go of old programs that my mind told me it's what you should and should not do because the mind will mess you up. Yeah. And um, it's allowed me to really, like I said, fine tune my processes for making decisions. And, uh, and then also help direct my kids as well. And my husband got to, got to direct wow. that one too. <laughs> so, so you, is there, is there an author you would suggest to start with or just look there up is, the human design? There's no author. You only have to look up human design. And human design, not the, no, no, no article. Just human design. You see there's HD human design. There's nothing else out there. Um, there are the gene keys there are, which is written by another individual, but it's, you can go mybodygraph.com and you can put in the information and, and then you just go down the rabbit hole. I, I noticed the gene keys. I, I wrote that down when I was in, when I was going through your Facebook and I saw, yeah. I saw the, I saw the gene key and yeah. I, I was going to yeah. ask you about that. It is. So I'm a researchaholic. I research. Yeah, I see that. Oh, I love that. I, I am, I'm a research junkie. So, um, I love it. I love it. I love it. And once I got my hands on that, I just went down the rabbit hole. And what's interesting with that is knowing my design and my astrology and everything else that I already know intuitively, sort of putting those pieces together. And I was able to absolutely own my why. You remember when I said that when you, when you can really embrace yeah, your, your why, yeah, you're you're right. to talk about it. Yes, when you know why you do something, not how. We are such a how society. How do yeah. I do this? How do I create my goals? How do I manifest? How, how, how? Stop. You just have to know yeah. why. Just know the why and the what and, and no, have that but, have that image and yeah. stick with it and not let trust the process, which is right. the hardest thing to do because it's just like, well, you know, when it, you know, touch it's like, what if it's not working? It's like, no, no, no stop that. No, that's fear. Hey, that's fear. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't yeah. do that. But we still because have, then you're just yeah, but we still have to plan, right? So it's like people yeah. say, I've heard, you've probably heard this too. Just know your why and let the how take care of itself. Yes. Yeah. But it's not really exactly true because you have to know your why. That's yeah. first and foremost. Your how does take care of itself, but you have to take care of it by inspired action. So there is the how, which is our old fashioned way of what are my smart goals? You know, um, yeah. right? What are the reasonable things? Yeah, the goals that, you know, they're smart, they're, they're simple, you know, all those different things. Um, base my life on a goal and a task list. And for some people that works great. For me, it does not. And yeah. um, so when I got to the point that I realized, all right, I know that I'm here and first and foremost to be a creative mentor. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to tell stories and I'm here to use my storytelling to inspire others to take action and to align themselves in life, whether it's through 
theaters, plays, films, TV, podcasts, whatever it might be. Um, which is why I never go with a set plan. I, I, mm. Even my keynote speeches were never written. They were always channeled. And, but it, it is, and I probably went off, the, off a tangent here. Um, so when you can get very clear on that, oh, that's right, your why, and then you say, okay, I know why I'm doing it. Now let me wait for the inspired action to move forward. That's your how. That's your how. Now, if you want to do a podcast, there's a how, right? You get a book, you learn what you need to do. There's a certain thing that you need to act upon in order to make this happen. That's how you do it. But what that how looks like is every step is going to be different for you as it will be for somebody else. You have a roadmap, but how you take that roadmap is going to be different based on your intuition. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love that word though, inspired action. I haven't heard it put in that, in that terms. Look for the inspired action is the how. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a unique way of looking at it. Um, I want to talk to you about personal training and some, some of the other stuff, but I wanted to finish with um, talk a little bit about the book, you know, Ignite Your Life, mm -hmm. which I read. Um, the thing that I wrote down uh, as I was reading it, as I went brave, I, I thought it was very brave for you to, to take all this stuff and really be honest. I mean, even with, uh, you know, we're going to talk about personal training a little bit, but, you know, mistakes and things that were happening and, and the loss of the spirit, which you have already talked about is how you, you felt your spirit was dying mm -hmm. in some ways. And I, it seems like you have always throughout life found when that was starting to happen and pull yourself out of it. Yeah. You know, whether, whether it was, I mean, you, you talk about the, the loss of a child, I mean, yeah. and how, how hard that was to just, I don't, I can't even imagine what, that, what that is like, but you're very honest in the book. And I thought that was, and, and, you know, you talk in the book, you're like, I may not be as good as some of the other writers and everything. And I'm just sitting there going, no, you're just as good as any of the writers I've, I've read on this. Is I, I don't, there's some, you even talk about how you look at, you know, a higher power. You said, look, you don't have to see God, but you know, having faith in something higher than yourself, whether it's the process, it's just, so you can surrender control. Um, but talk, talk a little bit about, you know, what that was, because you also talk about in the book that there was a fire where <laughs> you lost all the, no, no, that, yes, there was a, yeah, no, there's a break-in. Why did I write fire? Break-in. You had a break, yeah, you had a break-in. Burglary, yeah. And you lost, and you lost everything. And your husband had been telling you to, to back it up. Back and you're up. like, that's, that's the way of telling me, okay, I need to, you know, back it up. Yeah. So All was that, was that, so that was, so that was part of the book already. And you kind of had to start from ground zero, which. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. So when, when I, um, when I wrote that book, which is part of the second book that I wrote that I haven't published. So it keeps coming up. So I think I'm supposed to do that. Um, uh, I wrote that book after a climb at the top of a mountain and, um, yeah, pretty lengthy story, but anyway, so 
when I came back down and started to write the book, yes, I went and through, I wrote the whole thing and then our house was broken into and my computer was stolen. And um, I had written, it was halfway through 14 chapters and I knew I needed 24, my book was stolen. My computer was stolen with the book in it, but I had half the book in a thumb drive. So I'd go back and rewrite the book, but I was already a different person. So it, it rewired the book. And um, it, I'm, 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 a, I'm a huge advocate of being just straight out honest. And because that's what we need in this world and we're not getting Absolutely. enough. Not so my book was just flat out honest and um, and yes, facing some of the really dark moments, the loss of my son um, from a medical malpractice and um, holding blame. And then how do you heal from that? Um, you know, I've, I've lost loved ones to suicide and that just brought me down and um, different coping mechanisms at that time, which I no longer use. It was just a difficult, difficult times but they're not for me, you know? I, yeah. I agreed coming into this world that I would be a vessel and a messenger. And if I don't experience life, then I have nothing to be telling. So, um, yeah, but it, it was, uh, the book was, but it was cathartic for me because the book, when I wrote the book, I actually pulled out 13 years of journaling. And I, I used to write at the top of all of my journal pages, like after I would write, I go, in a nutshell, what does this journal page mean? And I would give it like a title and uh, like a like a buzz line, like commercially, like, you know. So I wrote all of those down and then I clipped them out into pieces of paper and I laid them on the floor and I started to play with it like a puzzle. This before that, that before this. And I started moving these pieces of paper around until I felt like I had a linear process. And then I took up the first piece of paper which was a little sliver of like a nugget. And I wrote the first chapter. And then I just did each piece of paper after that. And, uh, and then I started to see a theme unfold. I was like, oh, this, is, this was the process I took. And um, that's how I wrote it. Wow, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I loved it. I was like, I'm probably gonna go back and, and read it again. Because I was like, so it's kind of under time, but um, Center Glow Publishing is that is that yours? Mm -hmm. Is that your publishing? That's yep. great. You 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 even published it. Yeah, I did. Because you mentioned uh, Louise Hay and your um, on on Facebook, and I remember the book um, Heal Yourself, and you they have the exercise. Uh -huh. Yeah, you can hear your life where, where you go in front of the mirror and you have to tell yourself that I love you, which was like probably one of the hardest things I've ever I, had to do. You know, Just, there I've, I've done that. I've looked in the mirror and went, yeah. I love you. And, uh, you know, it doesn't do anything for me. I had to, um, I had to act like it. Mm. Saying it wasn't enough to me. It was just, that doesn't do it. I had to act like I love myself. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, what, so what is your meditation practice today? Like, um, whatever I feel inspired to do. So, um, Sometimes I'll go about my day and, and my guides will say, I'll have a question. And my guides will say, pull a card. So I actually pulled uh, an Oracle card right before we spoke. And uh, it said, share your divine message, share your genius. Wow. And it was about, you know, creatively express yourself to serve the world. And I, I pulled that right before we uh, started talking. So to me, that is a form of meditation. 
when I'm, when I'm silent and, um, and I'm really connected. I love to walk. I love mm. to walk. And Same sometimes, here. sometimes I'll go into meditation in, in a, you know, a standard sit in my, in a, in a, you know, lotus position. And, but then I, but then my mind goes like, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't quiet, which our minds don't quiet. And um, no. they, they really don't. So sometimes I do that. If I need a visual um, clarification on something, I will reach to up my higher self and I'll say, I need clarification. Can you give me a visual? Um, so my meditations will do that if I need that quiet visualization to, to bring uh, some clarity. Um, and then sometimes it's walking mm. and um, driving. I get it a lot. So yeah interesting so you, so it just comes whenever do you get it when you watch film something weird happens to me when i watch films hmm. i drive my husband nuts i know how it's going to end <laughs> i'm <laughs> so you have like an esp already you I know do. Exactly i have i have end. some psychic ability and I, i'll admit it and uh yeah but yeah be, I'll, I'll tell him i'll say like we were watching the walking dead series and i said oh you know what would be a really good way to do this scene they just they should end it with da, 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 da. and he goes shut up and next thing you know like four episodes down like see they they got the yeah. memo and uh, yeah. i drive him nuts that way but um so you know so i um get things from watching films, but I will, like if I read um, an excerpt in a book that yeah. really speaks to me, that little excerpt will open the floodgates of a movie in my head. And then that's what happens to me is like all of a sudden my, my brain goes into movie stills. So when I used to coach people, when, I, when they were speakers and I would say, I'm just gonna listen, tell me your life story and they will tell me and then it would play in my head like movie stills mm. and I would see you know the old films where they had the squares right when you when you would print your film their yeah. their, their life story would would go in a film strip in my mind and then when I would get done I would say okay so here's the title of your book and then I would give them the title and I would give them the tagline I would tell them the chapters I would tell them the story and 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 it was recorded because I never remembered so to me, that's a form of meditation is listening. Yeah. Yeah. It, it comes that's in so many different ways. So I don't do your standard. Sometimes I use my oils or a crystal when I feel called that I just need that real still, still time. Probably after our call, because it's been so stimulating. So I'll probably go and yeah. sit and in gratitude and, um, you know, get quiet. So yeah, it's kind of how I do it. They say when uh, with crystals that you have to, you should pick it, the crystal that just speaks to you. Is that true? Well, so I work with a spiritual mentor. She's amazing. And, mm. um, and she is really, I think we should have, we should all have a coach or a mentor for most every area of our life. And, um, and since we are spiritual beings living a human existence to me, having a spiritual mentor is a no brainer. Um, but not everybody believes in that. And, and that's, totally good right we're all here on different yeah. planes and different experiences so she is brilliant when it comes to crystals and mm. she will say you know you know this stone is good for this this stone is good for that and if it really resonates like oh yeah I'll go and get it but there's been times when I would go to get it 
and then I would not be able to find it, but then something else would be calling to me. And then I would, I usually go that route. So I don't necessarily walk in a store and go, uh, you know, <laughs> what am I feeling? Yeah. Um, only when I feel, you know, called to do it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's, that's fascinating. Um, all right. Switching up a little bit here. Um, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, because you did personal training mm -hmm. and you talk, and you talk in the book about how, you know, you felt you made mistakes there when you were kind of not really with them. Yeah. You know, you had, you had to be, you felt like if you were with them, mm -hmm. you know, emotionally in some ways, you know, mm -hmm. spiritually, they would, they would continue to, to progress. But once you kind of like, kind of just divorce yourself, kind of just did like the nine to five thing, yeah. but it's like, you had to be in a, can you talk a little bit more about that? I yeah. mean, what I found, what happened in, 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 um, when I was a personal trainer, this was like way before I really, really dug into my own spiritual growth. Um, I was one of those, and it's still a part of my personality now, which is I want you to succeed so much that I will hold your hand until you do that, until it happens. I will hold your hand and I'll do it with you. You know, so let's do the sit-ups together. Let's do everything together. And that was a great way to stay in shape, you know, when you work yeah. out with your clients all day. <laughs> um, but then what I found was that on the days I didn't do it, they would not do it for themselves. So the, they didn't put on their own oxygen mask because I was feeding it to them. And then what happened was I started to own their failures. Like, well, if you're not, how come, how come the scale's not coming down? You should be, we're doing, we're doing all this work. It's not happening. It's not happening. And then I thought, wait a minute, because you're, you're doing the work, you're carrying the load, you're carrying the emotional baggage, you're carrying, um, I had clients that would come in and not even dress to work out. They would just want to sit and talk. I'm like, I'm not a therapist. Yeah. But um, that's when I thought, okay, I, I crossed the line from being hired to get them fit to being their mother. And it was an eye opener for me because I said, okay, that's not serving them. And then I just kind of brought that back to my home life when it came to raising my kids, which is, wait a minute, I'm your mom, but I'm not your mom do it all. And yeah. Um, yeah, it was a big, it was a big lesson. So when I, when I pulled back from my clients in that aspect, uh, yeah, some of them just went away because they got so accustomed to being a certain way. And that's something too important to learn with life. You know, if you, if you have always been a certain way with people, they expect it. But if you start yeah. to grow and you develop and you nurture yourself in your, in your way that is important for you and your spirit, you're going to lose people because they're not going to be, you're not going to be who they needed in their life anymore. You're changing. Yeah. So it's so important, especially from when I was a trainer, that when I pulled away um, and those clients went away, I even left that gym because it no longer resonated. I went to a different gym and, um, and I held a different position and my clients had great results, great results. And then I eventually realized, you know, teaching somebody how to count to 10 three times in a row uh, to do a set. There was just, yeah, it's like, how many more times do I count to 10 in a day? Um, yeah. This isn't really making anybody's well, life any better. And that's when I went into coaching. 
that's where you wanted to really get into the head. I wanted to get into the head. Them. The yeah. reasons why yeah. they're the way they are. Yeah. Well, I used fitness personally because I had a nervous breakdown. And okay. um, that was after a loss of my son that I just never took the time to heal. And eventually stuffing all those emotions, they, they don't, they get stuffed, but they got to come out. And uh, so I had an independent breakdown and then I used fitness as a way to strengthen myself, my mind and, um, and love myself. Yeah. So I went into it for those reasons, which is why eventually once I was in that space of, I really love me and there's so much more to life now. That's when I left becoming, that's when I left the, the world of fitness. Interesting. Now you, now you also did stand up and, and improv. I mean, you've yeah. done so much. I've, I've done so talk, much, haven't I? Talk oh, a little man. bit about that. Talk a little bit about this. I mean, stand up is like a I'm very. Doing, sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. I did a stand up right before they did the lockdown, COVID lockdown. And, um, and well, no, it was like, yeah, right in the beginning. So, you know, I, everybody was wearing masks. I didn't. Uh, and um, I just wanted to give it a try. I wanted to see what it was going to be like. Being on yeah. stage doesn't scare me. Um, yeah. If anything, you know, it's like getting me to shut up is the challenge. And um, it was really hard. Yeah. It was hard and scary and fun. Um, and I had huge laughs and I had a big audience. And I, and I would definitely do it again. What yeah. was your process developing that? Did you, just, did you just do it intuitively or did you work with somebody? Or? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took a class. I took a class. So it was like you did six weeks and you worked with a professional and then there was a showcase. So you got to stand up and do a five-minute um, skit or five-minute you know, act in front of the audience. I think mine ran like eight minutes. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's an art form. It's an art form. It's not easy. Not easy. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, uh, it's like starting over with acting, you know, it's, you've got a, it's, it's a different form. You're, you're there to make people laugh. Yeah. And sometimes when people are sitting there and they're sitting, uh, all right, make me laugh. That wasn't funny. Some people just make don't laugh again. Some people just don't yeah. laugh. It's not in them, right? It's it's like it's like it's in them. They, like they came there to almost uh, just critique it. Yes. They, they, yeah. they, don't, they don't want to have a good time. They want to be right. like, it'll make me feel much better if you're horrible. So that I can say to my friends, oh, yeah, this woman, she was horrible. <laughs> you know, it's like, but I'm sure you've seen that. I mean, they just, they're, you know, across, it's like, how do you, you know, how do you win it? But I love that you, you were able to take that chance and go out there. Did, mm-hmm. Now you, did you do improv before that, which is mm, kind of a yeah. form of stand up, but it's more of a, a group effort. Yeah. yeah. I belonged to a, an improv troupe for a little while and yeah, I, saw that. I love improv. I love it. I, and, and, and I would definitely, definitely do it again. Um, because I just do it anyways. It's just by nature in a lot of that I do is as improv. I, we shot a pilot recently. It was like eight episodes and the entire, uh, series was improvised. And, mm-hmm. um, but they specifically wanted people who were skilled. And that was such an amazing thing to do. Um, but improv is different because improv is, it's reality. 
but in a kind of an off way. And so you're just having conversation with people on stage, but there's games and there's, you know, things that you do that you have to get skilled with doing. And a lot of it has to do with the strength of the team. If you've got some weak people on your team, the whole, so um, that kind of happened with the last improv troupe I was with. It was, it wasn't great, <laughs> but, uh, like, but I'm quiet, I want to do that. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah. no, no, the first yeah. rule. Yes. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I saw that you want to go, you want to be in, uh, in casting. Is that something, can you talk a little bit about that or is that yeah. private uh, or? No, it's no, 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 no. Yes. Yeah. So I uh, recently, I thought, how can I add more value to an industry that I do love so much? Um, and there's so much information out there for actors that it can be very confusing. It can be overwhelming and just flat out, not, not true, just not true. And, um, and I do have such a natural ability to see potential and yeah, yeah I really do. And possibilities, like I can see someone's possibilities. So I thought uh, casting is a great, great way to be of service to talent, to, to actors, and really guide and mentor them because it's a tough, tough business. Absolutely. Um, and it's and you can say to an actor, but you've got to be tougher. But we're not tough people. We're emotional, yeah. intuitive, creative. We're not tough. So at least I'm not. So um, yeah. So I wanted to get into that, and then I was told, well, usually to do that, you want to be an associate, and then you got to work your yeah. way up, and. <laughs> And then I did some um, moderating on Clubhouse yeah, for casting directors. Yep, which was a lot of fun. And I've developed a great relationship with one. And we were just chatting one day. And she goes, Okay, well, I got to go now because I literally have like five castings in front of me, 6,000 emails. I've got to go through 2,000 submissions. And I have to do, and I got that to do. And oh, my head is spinning. And I worked yesterday for 12 hours. And I said, Do you have an assistant? And she goes, No, I, I used to, but it's hard for us to do now because we don't want assistants that are in our market because once they get to be casting directors, they take our clients. And I was like, Oh, and I said, but it sounds like you literally are just buzzing all day, every day. And she goes, Oh my God, it's nonstop. And when I hung up, I went, not for me. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, there is, I mean, there is, yeah, that, that, that push and pull that that almost has become um, corporatized in some yes. ways. Because if yeah. you look at um, I have a book around here called The End of Acting, where they talk about like back in the you know the seventies, it wasn't uncommon for a casting director to to talk with you before you did the scene, and did, now it's just in and out, in and out, in well, and out. It's not even that anymore. There is no more in out. This is. So what you see is my studio. This is my studio. I've got a backdrop. Um, I've got two lights. I've got my ring light. And then over the left, I have my desk, my computer. My, and what I do is I do my auditions on a tape. Not, not this. I don't do it on Zoom. I do it on a, on a camera with a reader yeah. that could be in the room or might not be. That could be on Zoom when you could hear the voice. And then after the audition is done, then I take it to my computer and then I have to edit it and clip it and upload it. That's the new casting world. There is yeah, no really more is. casting director. Let me give you feedback and redirect. There's so much more now on an actor's plate that it can be even more disempowering because you get yeah. no feedback. So yes, 
it is an end to the acting world as it used to be. But it's also a whole new amazing world that now there's no more boundaries. There's no barriers and there's no boundaries. So an actor can now be their own creative genius and write their own product and film their own stuff. And now a casting director out in LA that would probably never give me a moment's look because I'm other coast. Now through my agent can be like, yeah, we'll read her. Oh, perfect, great, we'll fly her in. It yeah. never used to be that way. So it's, yeah, it's changed the it's changed the way. Yeah, yeah, now you don't have to be in LA and New York anymore. You can be right. anywhere. And of course, now they got the whole COVID thing in 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 as well. So um, it it puts another glitch in the process. So, but the nice thing is there's there's such a huge streaming world out there. And um, so Tubi, conspiracy theory is a good example. I mean, it's on Tubi and um, yeah. it's a streaming platform. So, you know, that's a guy that had an idea for a series and filmed it, did amazing. Tubi picked it up. You know, if he keeps pitching it, he could get it on. So yeah. it, the world, we, we have more opportunities to us now. Now you just have to be more creative. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, as you talk, you've got something coming out on uh, Paramount Plus and, you know, it, the thing is, there's we don't have to worry about the times anymore. When when to watch yeah. things, it's just like whenever. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you, you decide. You decide when you want to watch watch stuff. You right. Know? And um, do you think casting directors will do more of like a Zoom thing where they can be in the room in some ways, like like what we're doing right now, or do you think it's just not at that ability yet? Well. The casting directors really, from what I've talked to, really like it this way right now. I mean, they miss being in front of actors, but they also want to be safe because there's a lot of them that are still scared. Um, And and then that's fine, you know, to each their own. But it does give them this this new way of doing the business, gives them the opportunity to see a lot of new talent rather than just the same old people in their network. So I don't think they want to go back to the old way. That being said, we don't get this back and forth anymore unless you get a callback. But now production moves so incredibly fast that many times actors aren't even getting a callback. They book you right from your tape. So unless it's one of the the bigger roles, um, leading roles, even on some of those leading roles, like um, the one that's coming out on on Paramount, Our Take on Love, it's it's like a lifetime movie. Um, It's a bit, I had one of the lead supporting roles, but there was no callback. It was just, you submit, they go, yep, she's great. She's what we want, you're booked. So there isn't any more of this interaction with the casting director. It's not that common anymore. Hmm. Unless you get to the high, high levels like network TV um, and you get a big role on network TV, like series regular, um, you know, starring role, you'll get a, you'll probably get callback for sure. But some of the smaller parts, not, not anymore. Not that I've seen. But then, but then you're going to be also dealing with, you know, the producers are going to be in there, the, you know, the yeah. director, you know, yep. it's, yeah. it's not just going to be, you know, like you said, the casting director. No. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. This, this has been, this has been lovely. <laughs> I've really enjoyed talking with you. Um, so now I'm just going to go through some, you know, basic questions. These are simple stuff. Um, what are you reading right now? 
Oh, I am reading a book uh, with, um, oh, wish I had it sitting next to me. It's great. I just started it is how to, with uh, Joe, uh, Dr. Dispenza, and it is your supernatural, um, unleashing supernatural, supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's a great that that's that's the meditation I, I do is oh, okay. meditations. Yeah. And they're, you know, it's chore because you're sitting there for like 45 minutes doing that. But I might I set a goal. I said, okay, I'm gonna stick with like 30 days. And like even if I fall asleep during it, you know, I'm like I'm just going to make myself do it. Yeah. And now I'm starting to enjoy it more mm-hmm. because it's I'm starting to just like get used to it and just kind of feel into it as yeah. opposed to where I would before I'd be like okay what's going on all right this is boring what am I doing TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. <laughs> yeah it's my like own. 45 45 minutes uh, how long has that been oh 10 yeah, <laughs> yeah. um that's that's a great book I'm yeah. I'm so glad you this that's funny I was gonna recommend that book to you I love it you're already, I, I, re- I, you're already reading it <laughs> yep um do you prefer to use Kindle or, or regular books? I love regular books. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started doing some audibles for some books that I don't need to, for just like information. Like I'm reading a really listening to a book by a um, well-known screenwriter and on the art of storytelling. And so I, that mm. kind of stuff, I just some listen in my car on a pot on, on audible. Um, the books that are spiritual nature, like this one, you know, this is one that I want to read it. If I get through two pages today, I get through two pages uh, because I like to absorb. So, and I like to write in my books and obviously because I wrote a book like that. Um, I don't, I just charged up my Kindle the other day for the first time in like three years, four years. So uh, I turned it off because I played too much Candy Crush. It's a distraction. So well, you, you could play games on the Kindle? Yes, I, I Candy, don't I download Candy any. Crush. You'll never get off. Um, yes, I have like nothing on there except for books. It's like, yeah. so like my brain is like kind of triggered where it's like, it goes right to, you know, it's like, okay, it's time to read now when you pick it up, you know. Yeah. Thing. I do, but, I do read a, a book called The Palladians, which is uh, was a channeled book. Um, by the Palladian, an individual downloaded and was channeling the Palladians. So the, I read, I read that book. Oh, that's a book that I started reading years ago. And then I was like, eh, not me, but now I'm back in it again. I was like, whoa, it's so good. Very, very good. That's on my Kindle. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. Do you, do you have a beginning of the day routine? Coffee. Coffee. That's great. <laughs> Seriously, I love coffee. I love coffee. That, but I'm like really caffeine sensitive, so like I can only have like one cup or like even sometimes a half a cup. I like just be like feeling it. And I'll be like, okay, I can't do anything now. <laughs> you know, I, but, I am, but I love the taste yeah. of coffee. It's so good. I'm caffeine sensitive too, meaning I sensitively really need my coffee. Um, mm. But I do. I I have my coffee sometimes in the morning. I try to remember to do a, a quick check-in, energetic check-in. Um, and then some mornings, depending on how bad I slept the night before because of my cats, um, <laughs> I just wake up and think coffee. But then I always go to my, um, my spiritual mentor does a daily video of the energies of the day. So I will go and listen to her to start my Do you my mind day. given the name of your spiritual well, mentor? Yeah, her name is Tamara Jean. You can find her on Instagram. 
and um, she's a very powerful channel. She's a beautiful woman. And um, yeah, Tamara Jean, T-A-M-A-R-A-J-E-A-N. You can find her on Instagram. Okay, cool. Um, well, we already talked about that. <laughs> what, um, what are you watching right now? As I saw the Umbrella Academy thing and you kind of had the vision board there of you putting you I know. yourself there. Is, is, that, is, that like the, is that like the one of the dream roles to be on that show? Oh, I need the shows. You know, if anybody's willing to hire me and put me on a decent show, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, but I just, I, I just had fun one day and I decided to embed my photo into their picture, which looks so good there, doesn't it? It does. It, it does. It and that's great. You know, the, the vision board, you know. It's so funny. I had people come to me and go, oh my God, are you on Umbrella Academy? I'm like, no, I just... Funny. Um, it's funny I just we just finished watching the last show on season three last night and um, Walking Dead mm. we finished waiting for the to, for the last season to come yeah. back on stream um, so now we're down to nothing again so we'll find something you're gonna watch the boys if you watch that no I don't know that one which is um, it's kind of violent but it really takes a look at like superior culture as if they were here in real life where it's really just looking at celebrity culture oh. and how they'll just cover everything up and, you know, yeah. just like the worst human beings you'd want to be superheroes really like, you know, oh, I, I really don't want to save that person because there's no cameras around. So let's, let's just move on to the next, like, like back those kind of people. Yeah. And then you have people who like really dislike them. So it's, it's the got boys. a lot of different themes. The boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a look at it. It's Where's on that Amazon. Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I'll check it out. You should look. You should look at it. I mean, it, it is violent. I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going to warn you there. It's, uh, oh, I don't want to okay. come back and say. I mean, okay, watch good. Ozark, Walking Dead. I mean, Walking Dead to me is not even violent anymore because it's just kind no. of like, after a while it was just. Um, I did uh, you watch Game of Thrones? I never got into that one. Never watched it. Yeah, don't watch that one okay. <laughs> because we I all did, got. It, I did watch Hunter, the Hunters, with Al Pacino. That was no, good. I haven't seen that. Yeah, Al Pacino, the Hunters. He plays um, a Jewish man who is out to get get the Nazis that have infiltrated back in society. I think I have heard a little bit about that. Yeah, I need Very to, good I need, there's so many, there's so many series to watch. It's yeah. so hard to watch them all. It's yeah, like, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 But right now, back to ground zero again. Any films? Do you do, do you like to go to the theater to watch movies? Uh, I or? do, but we, you know, I do, but my husband doesn't really like to go to the movie theaters because he yeah. doesn't want to just sit there and quiet and not be able to like, Converse right. by the movie. I don't know. So uh, we that, don't... that's me. I'm like, it's like a church when I go see a movie. I'm just like, I don't speak. I almost don't even breathe. I'm just like having a spiritual journey. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did take our daughter to see the Minion, the new Minion movie the other night. Oh, yeah. Did, they, did she like that? Yeah. I mean, she's, she's going to be 13. So it was yeah. just a, a reason for us to all get out of the house. Uh, yeah. It was okay. It was a Minion movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be much you know yeah so like what they did with Lightyear, where they pretty much turned off half their audience with that yeah but uh yes this was um this was wonderful thank you so much for doing this that was a great conversation i enjoyed it yeah i, I did too um how can people reach you 
you can get me on Instagram. Yep. If you, um, if any of your listeners are in the industry and want to talk about collaboration on projects, you can DM me on Instagram. Um, I have a website, SuzanneCovey.com. Um, that's really the best place to be on Instagram. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. Okay, that about does it for this episode. I want to thank Suzanne Covey. You can find her at www.suzannecovey.com. Also check her out on Instagram and Facebook, Suzanne Covey. I want to thank her for doing this. And also check out her show on Tubi, Conspiracy Theory, and check out her book, Ignite Your Life on Amazon. I want to uh, thank her personally for coming on. I learned a lot. And as always, you can find me at Justin Yachts, and I will see you next time on the DMF.